High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. We are really blessed tonight to have a man and woman of God here at the church uh, that I love dearly, uh, Pastor Cole and Anna Burks. Uh, if you remember, it was about five years ago, if you've been in here at High Praise for uh, any length of time, you probably remember this, but Pastor Casey Doss left from the ramp and went and planted a church called Hope Unlimited Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I guess it was about, about a year and a half ago. About a year and a half ago, Pastor Casey felt the calling uh, to pass the baton and uh, move into a new phase. And uh, Pastor Cole uh, and Anna were there to receive the baton. And uh, they've just been doing a wonderful job at Hope Unlimited. We love them. We love our Hope Unlimited family. Uh, I've been privileged to be up there a couple times. It's always a great time. They're doing a great work, doing great things in the Knoxville area. Uh, I talk to Pastor Cole basically every day. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, group text that we're in where there is constant discussion going on and constant memes being exchanged as well. Uh, but we, uh, I love this man and uh, love his family, and they're just awesome. And we're blessed to receive from his ministries. I know he's got a word for us that's going to be wonderful and just be absolutely uh, incredible. So I want us to give honor where honor is due. I want you to stand to your feet, and I want you to welcome Pastor Cole Burks as he comes tonight. To deliver the word. Come on, high praise. Let them know how much you love them and appreciate them. Come on. Amen. All right. You stay standing for a second. Just stay standing. Don't don't take your seats quite yet. Um, before we we move into what I have to say, I want you to give honor where honors due to the leadership of this house, Pastor Josh and Miranda, of what they're doing. Listen, we're talking about y'all are about to have to go to three services and do all this fun stuff. And listen, a church is only as healthy as the leaders. So you see something happening here, it's because it flows from the top down. And you have great leaders. Uh, I wish that Pastor Robert and Stacy were with us. Un you know, not unfortunately, but fortunately, they're on their 7,000th cruise this week. And um, who knows when they'll be back. I asked Josh where they were, and he's like, I have no idea. <laughs> and it's like, but anyways, I honor them even though they're not in the building. Can you give it up for your pastors one more time? Awesome. You can, you can go ahead and be seated. And my lovely wife is with me, Anna, and I'll wave at everyone. Um, she is in the building. Yeah, give her a hand. My son is in the kids' department. Just pray. Everything works out all right <laughs> while he's in there. See, where we're from, Beckham was asleep an hour and 15 minutes ago. And so when he doesn't get his sleep... We have issues in the Burks household. And so just be praying for all the kids workers and nursery workers tonight. That whole hall needs prayer because he's over there. Not, anyways, I want to jump right in tonight. I don't want to take up a lot of your time. But I called Pastor Josh a few, I guess it's been a few months ago now, January. And I was actually, Pastor Robert mentioned me coming to speak here um, when we come on vacation, and I was in prayer about what to say because I just didn't want to come with a sermon. 
I wanted to come with a word from God. I wanted to deposit something into this house that was meaningful, and it wasn't just me, you know, running through one of my old sermons that you probably haven't heard before, but <laughs> that I've heard before. And I was in prayer, and I was just like, Lord, what do you want me to say? Because I want to say what you want me to say. And I just start praying for about two seconds, and the Lord shows me this picture. And Pastor Josh is up on stage, and he is preaching, and he is preaching his face off. I mean, he is going for it. And this room is full of people. There's no chairs in here. I'm going to go somewhere with this, so just bear with me. There's no chairs in this room. And he is preaching, and everyone in the house, your feet are on fire. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, why are you giving me that picture? Like, you're going to have to, I need some explanation. And the next thing that I see in the Spirit is the number 26.2. Now, how many of you have seen that number before? That's a marathon. Now, I've only seen that number looking at it. I've never ran that far, right? Lucky for me to drive that far. I'm not running 26.2 miles. Tried one time. We got about 2.6, and we called it a day. But I saw this picture of Pastor Josh preaching. I saw your feet on fire. This transition between him and Pastor Robert had, had just recently taken place. Like it, you know, it hasn't been that long now that I was in a group text and was like, hey, we're moving back to, <laughs> we're moving back to Panama City. And I was like, oh, sweet. What's funny is, is I think I was like supposed to preach in like April in Orlando, and this was February, and they're like back in March. And I was like, well, we're just going to hang out at Disney World then. <laughs> um, but I see this picture, I see this number, and I said, Lord, I need to know what this means. And I very, very, very clearly heard the Lord say, that he was just getting warmed up with what he is doing at High Praise Panama City. He's just getting warmed up with what he's doing. And I found it very interesting that today, actually, just wrapped up the 26th year and second month of High Praise Panama City, and I'm here. And I heard, and I, I heard as clear as I have ever heard that this church is not just a church that can go the distance of a marathon, that this is a church that can go the distance of an ultra marathon. This church can go as long as it wants. And I believe God is just getting warmed up in what he's going to do in this church. I believe there's still people in this city that need a church family. I believe there's still kids that need what's happening over there. I believe there's still people in this city that are addicted to drugs. There's still people in this city that are addicted to alcohol. There's still people in this city that are depressed. There's still people in this city that need what this church has to offer. They need what's happening here. And I really, really, really believe that over the next phase of, of high praise Panama City, you are going to see things that you never thought that you would see. You're going to see you're going to see prophetic words fulfilled that you maybe had forgotten about. You're going to see things happen in this time and in this next season 
that are absolutely going to blow your mind. You're going to say things like, I never saw that coming. Never saw that coming. Three, four services, never saw that coming. Right? You're going to see some things that you never saw coming. You know the interesting thing about ultra marathons? I actually realized that I had a friend who ran ultra marathons. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand him. But I, I was, I trained jujitsu and he was at jujitsu one day and I was like, hey man, I was like, I didn't really tell him what I had heard in the spirit from God because I didn't want him to be like, oh, this guy is a, this guy is out of his mind. He's talking about seeing people with their feet on fire in a marathon. Like, I just asked him, I was like, dude, what goes through your mind when you run ultra marathons? And he's like, well, you just got to have something a little bit off up there to begin with. I was like, I know. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not anything new. We already know that. I asked him, I said, how do you decide what, how far you want to go? And he's basically like, well, all of us crazy runners get together, and we think about the most miserable thing that we can put ourselves through. We think about these distances that are just absurd, and then we decide to go and run them. And I, it just hit me. The people who run ultra marathons, they decide how far they want to go. I believe that this church is called to be a church that runs forever. And you get to decide how long you want to go. I was a part of a ministry called The Ramp. I'm sure you're familiar with it by now. And the leader, Miss Karen Wheaton, she has this quote that she says. She says, where you stop is where you stop. Where you stop is where you stop. And I'm going to get to the scripture in just a second, but I just wanted to prophetically declare tonight that this church is called to run for a long time. This church is called to be in this city for a long, long time. There's still work to do. There's still people to save. There's still lives to be healed. There's still marriages to be restored. There's still miracles that are going to happen at the hand of High Praise Panama City. And you get to be a part of that because you're one of these crazy people that decided, I want to run for a long time. I want to run for a long time. And you may say, well, what? Okay, awesome. Yeah, glad. Yeah, whatever. It's like that all sounds good, right? Every prophetic word always sounds good in the beginning. <laughs> It always sounds like it's just like, oh yeah, we heard the word of the Lord, now everything is just going to work itself out. How many of you know that that is not how it happens? When, I moved, when me and my wife moved to Knoxville, we just moved there to go to church. Ended up pastoring the church. We, we didn't see that coming, that's exactly right. It's the understatement of the century. But I believe when God speaks a word, I believe also a lot of times he gives you, he gives you ways to accomplish that word. He doesn't just say a word to tease you. He doesn't just say a word to make you think, well, this might could happen. Anytime God speaks something to you, it's not just by chance. 
It's totally by choice, and the choice is his. And he knew the people that he was saying it to, and we're going to hear it. He knew that you were going to be here tonight to hear this. I even believe that there are people in the room tonight that you don't know how you fit into this puzzle yet. But I just hear the Lord saying, as I'm preaching, get ready to get plugged right in. Get ready to get plugged right in. You may not know how you fit yet, but he's about to show you how you fit. And I want to go to the scriptures tonight, and I really want to just go back to the beginning of when God started building his church. How many of you know that there is scripture for us to land on when we build churches? We don't have to wonder how God started building his church. He lays it out for us very clearly in the book of Acts. Very clearly. There's no really debate about how God built his church. And so I want to go to Acts chapter 2 tonight. I don't want you to fall out in the spirit while you're turning there either. You know that's our chapter. It's our Pentecostal chapter. But I want to maybe bring some things to light tonight that maybe you've never seen before. And I want to really talk to you about how I believe or some things you need to keep in the forefront of your mind as you begin to run this next leg of this journey. I feel like tonight is almost just me coming in, not really at the end of a chapter, but really the beginning of a new one. And because it's not like Pastor Robert and Stacy are just like, yep, yep, we'll never see you again. <laughs> you know, they're still here. There's still things that make High Praise Panama City High Praise Panama City. There's still DNA here that'll probably always be here. But a lot of times what happens, I think, when ministries run for a long time, when they, they are alive for a long time, I think a lot of times the people who are there to help build it, I think a lot of times they lose sight of what they're really doing. You're building the church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a huge deal. You are building the church of Jesus Christ. And what I love so much about this church is I think that you are building it in the way that he said to build it. One of my favorite things about having Pastor Josh and Pastor Robert on my board of directors is I never have to wonder if I have anyone to call who knows how to build a church. Because they started this a particular way. They've continued in a particular way. And they're going to continue in a particular way. Here's the thing, though. They can't do this alone. This is not just their church. This is your church. This, they are at the helm. But listen, without you catching a glimpse of what you are really doing, you will fall victim to the new popular term of burnout. You'll fall victim to it if you don't keep the way that God said he was going to build his church in front of you. Okay, So I want to just read, read the Bible for a minute and be quiet and let this do some talking. I really just had to set, 
set us up tonight so that you could get where we're going. I'm just going to start reading in verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and every one present was filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in other languages. The Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. They heard the loud noise. Everyone came running and were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. They were all from Galilee, and yet they were speaking in our own native language. I want you to catch this. They stood there amazed and perplexed and asked, what can this mean? What can this mean? I, th I think it's a fair question. It's a really, really fair question when like clothing tongues of fire appear over the top of people's head and everybody begins speaking in a different language and everybody's like looking around and it's like, yeah, what in the world does this mean? I would have probably asked the same question. I want you to skip down to Acts chapter 236 through 37. I want to read a couple more verses. If you, if you read after that verse, Peter really tells you what it means that the Holy Spirit came and appeared on them, and he basically just said, you killed God is what it means. You, you killed God. You killed Jesus. That's what Acts 2, 36 through 37 says. So, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Brothers, what should we do? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in needs. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved." It's very clear how God began building his church. It's very clear how God began building his church. I want to lay some things out for us from this text. But first, I want you to know that in order for high praise to be everything it's supposed to be, you have to become everything you were supposed to be. In order for high praise to do everything that you guys are called to do, you have to be doing everything that you're called to do. High praise. I tell my church this all the time. We can only be as generous as we are generous. So if we go on a Sunday and we take in $150,000, we're going to have a little bit of money to be generous with. If we come in and we take $15, we don't have no money to be generous with. Listen, you, high praise Panama City can only be as effective in this city as you are effective in your calling. You have a part to play. 
You are a piece to this puzzle. I'm even seeing as I begin to talk, there are pieces to this puzzle that are not even in place yet because of what's coming. There are still pieces to the puzzle that God is kind of getting in order. There's some of you that might end up with jobs here. You might. I mean, obviously, Pastor Josh has to hire you. <laughs> but I really feel like what God is sending here in this next phase, there are still pieces to that puzzle being put in place that's going to support everything that it's going to do. In order for you to be as effective in this city as you're supposed to be, you have to be effective in what God's called you to do in and through this church. And so how do you do that? <laughs> how does that happen? I think we find a really, really good example in Acts chapter 2. What did the disciples do? Well, the first thing that we know for sure that the disciples did in Acts chapter 2, and if you're taking notes, this is, this is point number one. The first thing that we know that they did was they stayed committed to God. Before they went and had the encounter in the upper room, Jesus told them, go and wait in Jerusalem. And they went and waited. And then God poured his spirit out the way that he said he would. Sometimes, I think church people just need a baptism in good old-fashioned commitment. You have to stay committed to God. If you want to see everything happen through this church, you personally, you have to stay committed to seeking God by yourself in your prayer closet at this church, coming to church, all of that. You have to stay committed to that. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you cried in prayer? When's the last time that you wept over a situation that had nothing to do with you? Because a lot of times in church, we think, we think our faith sometimes is magical. We come to the altar, get a blessing, go home, and it's genie in a bottle. Over and over and over and over again. But when the disciples went into that upper room in Acts chapter 2, they were not just interceding for themselves. There were nations that were waiting on them with the word of the Lord. Listen, there are people in this city who are waiting on you with the word of the Lord. But if you never go and get it, who is going to? There are people all over this city. I have been here for a couple days now. It doesn't, take a, it, doesn't take, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that there's people in this city that are hurting. Listen, God uses his church to heal hurting people. He always has. And you have to stay committed to hearing the voice of the Spirit, moving yourself into the prayer closet, moving your, turning on some worship music in the car. I thought about that. 
a lot of times us pastors, we hear so much worship music, it's just fun to hear something else. It's just fun to hear a different song. And on Sunday, or not on Sunday mornings, Monday through Thursday, we hear Wheels on the Bus Snoop Dogg edition on the way to daycare, me and Beckham. I'm serious. It's fantastic. Clean as can be. And it's just refreshing sometimes. It's like, Lord, save Snoop Dogg's soul and send him to my church. <laughs> Make him a giver. <laughs> yeah. Let him have a heart for the poor. You have to stay committed to hearing the voice of God through his scriptures and when he speaks to you. A lot of times what Christians do is we, go, we, we get so complacent and we lose a hunger for the word and we lose a sensitivity to hear his voice. Can I just like set you free from something? You don't have to read the whole Bible every day. When I got saved, you know what I was told? You better read six chapters a day or it don't count. <laughs> six chapters a day or it don't count. So I read like Psalm 133 like six times. <laughs> it's like, I know, I know where there's unity. God commands a blessing, but that's about all I know. You know, there's apps now where you can just engage with the Word of God in like 30 seconds. And there's nothing wrong with taking the Word of God and just praying it. I think a lot of times we make this faith so much harder than it really is. I'm in a group text with Pastor Josh, Reed, and Pastor Casey. Let me tell you what the majority of the group text is. It's Pastor Casey and Reed talking about theological stuff. Me and Josh sending the occasional meme and me commenting just the most sarcastic, stupid comments in the world when they say something that I just am like, whatever. There is room for engaging with deep theology. Please don't hear me wrong. But never lose just the faithfulness of being a Christian for the sake of that. Because I know theologians who are bone dry. Now, I know, I know them too who are burning hotter than anybody that you know. But a lot of times, we try to make this difficult. We try to lose just the basic fundamental things that we need to see God move in our lives. I know that it's not popular, but you should be reading your Bible and praying. A lot. Listening to worship music. You have to stay committed to your relationship with God. You have to stay committed to that. If you don't, you will suffer from burnout. 
And I've told our church like this, you can burn or you can burn out. Pick. You can burn in the place of prayer for God. Or you can blame it. You, you can say, I'm burnt out. And listen, there, there are real cases of burnout. There are real cases of burnout. But a lot of times what I have seen is, is that we just, it's just, it's not like this thing that, it's not like the ship was going this way and just turned. It's just a little adjustment. It's just getting back to the basics. That's what it is for me anyway. You want to get burned out faster than anybody on the planet? Become a pastor. <laughs> I was reading a, a thing the other day about burnout. The top three people in the country, the top three professions in the, comp, in the country, in our country, for burnout, doctors, lawyers, pastors. Doctors, lawyers, and pastors. It's because we're always pouring out. And can I tell you this? You're called to the ministry. You have a ministry. Some of you are called, listen, you're called to full-time ministry. Some of you are good at it. Some of you are not. <laughs> some of you are a great example of Jesus. Some of you need some work. It's okay. We all need work in some places. But you can either burn for God like they did in that upper room. Or you can burn out over time. And I'm telling you, this church is called to be a church that burns. This church is called to be a place where people can come in and encounter the fire of God and it burn away stuff off of them that they didn't even know that it was on them. And the only way that this is a church that burns is that you have to be a people who burn. Okay? Number one, you have to stay committed to God. Number two, it's right there, plain and simple. You have to stay committed to each other. You have to stay committed to each other. You know, most of the time when someone runs an ultra marathon, they have a team of people that they take with them because you can't go that far by yourself. It's dangerous. When you get to, to years like this in ministry, you have a target on your back. And I don't talk like this a lot, but like really and truly, the powers of darkness do not like all the good being done here. And if you want this to go as long as it can, you have to stay committed to each other. What do I mean by that? You need to put your differences aside and just serve Jesus. Serve Jesus and love other people and stop worrying about everyone's personal opinion about everything going on in the world. We saw over the, I love when Pastor Robert says this. I mean, hey, Pastor Robert's been in ministry for like 45 years or something like that. Something, forever, right? Almost twice my age. And he says this, over the past three years, we saw the craziest time in, in what he's seen in church. That's a statement. 
And let me tell you why I think we saw what happened, what all happened shake down the way it did. We let our differences be, we let our differences cause division. Your differences are an opportunity for unity. You cannot have unity unless you have differences. You can only have compliance. Differences are supposed to be there. You are not supposed to be the same as everyone else. If I gave everyone in this room a personality test, everyone would be different. Do you mean to tell you, let me take it a step further. If I set you down with a professional counselor, because personality tests can kind of group you into a certain group of people, but professional counselors say you can't take those and get an accurate reading of someone because each person is so different and nuanced. You, are call, you have something different than your neighbor. And you can either let that drive you away from each other, or you can let that be a thing that unifies you. We, oftentimes, in the body of Christ, we nitpick everything about someone else that we don't like and then wonder why we stay so offended. You have decided to be offended. Do you know like the last time that I've like walked into a place, I'm like, I wonder what they believe. I don't care. It doesn't matter what they believe. God didn't call me to go agree with belief systems. He called me to love my neighbor as myself. If they voted like me or not. If they believe the things that I believe about tongues or not. If they believe in the rapture or not, if they believe this or not, if they believe that or not, all of that is secondary. Do they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, descended into hell, right? And then gave us the Holy Spirit. If, that, if you believe that, yes, then you have to put your differences aside. You have to put them aside. Now, I understand there are points of disagreements that sometimes are irreconcilable. I understand that. But that's just because we're immature. <laughs> that's just because we have decided that we want to be on the playground like three-year-olds. We want to be right. That's exactly right, Pastor Josh. We want to be right more than we want to be powerful as a church. We want to be right more than we want to be in unity. We want to be right more than we want to love people. If it was our job to be right, guess who would be the winner? Nobody. Because nobody is all the way right. Listen. Your commitment to each other will guard against bitterness. I believe bitterness has destroyed more churches than anything else. I can take you to my hometown. We have 5,000 people, maybe. 
When I say five, I mean my hometown, I actually don't even mean my hometown. I mean the town next to my hometown has 5,000 people. My hometown has like 800, okay? There's like 45 different churches. You know why? Go ask the pastor. We got mad and split and left. So instead of being unified, we wanted to be right. And listen, and I'm telling you, this is not me speaking negatively about the city or anything, but there's not really anything significant for God happening in that city that you can just point to. And pastors are doing their jobs, and they're pastoring people, and they're pouring their lives out, and they're believing God to pour out His Spirit, and they're doing all the right things, but people want to be right and they let bitterness set up in their heart when they don't let anybody when everybody doesn't agree with them about everything that they believe bitterness will kill what's happening here it is more important that the broken people in this city meet Jesus than you be bitter I remember one time I was upset when I was probably like 19 or so, and I was traveling a little bit and in ministry, and I sat down with my youth pastor. I was just like, I am so mad about this. He's like, Cole, you know what you need? I was like, what? He puts this cup on his desk, and he pours his water into it. He's like, this is a cup of get over yourself, and you need to drink it. And I was like, yes, sir. All right, I got you. But sometimes in the body of Christ, we just need to get over ourselves. We need to absolutely just get over ourselves, put our differences aside, keep our head to the plow, and keep serving, keep believing God, keep doing what he's called us to do. Let him him do everything that he wants to do in us. This is something that I have to tell our church all the time. If you are going to just be bitter all the time, There are 687 different churches in Knoxville for you to go to. Because nobody likes being around someone who's bitter. That's an actual number of churches, by the way. I've been so far straight, I actually looked that number up. It's one of those conversations that you're having. It's like, man, I've got to have something good to tell them. And it's like, there are 680-something churches in Knoxville for you to go to. Obviously, I never said that. But, man, I wanted to really bad one day. And then I had to read my own sermon. It's like, there's no reason for you to be bitter at this person. Just stop, Cole. (laughs) You want to be powerful or you want to be, you know. Listen, this is what the scripture says. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Listen, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Be forgiven as God in Christ forgave you. Just sit with that for a second. How forgiven are you in God? Completely. That means that you have to Get over yourself. Yeah. 
and forgive people who hurt you. That's what this Christian life is. Jesus on the cross, being crucified. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Let me tell you something else I find very interesting about Jesus going to the cross. He didn't even resist. He didn't, even, he, didn't even, he didn't even step out and say, if he would just listen to me, my way is right, your way is wrong, the kingdom of God's here. Because sometimes silence is boldness. If we want to know what it means to be bold as a Christian, we have to look at the person of Jesus. And in the time where he was being crucified, he didn't say a word. And the words he did say when he was hanging on the cross were all in forgiveness towards the people crucifying him. Because someone talked bad about you, it's going to be all right. It's going to be fine. We have like 7,000 little kids in our church. So when I preach this at our church, I have to say, just because you didn't get invited to the birthday party, it doesn't mean they hate you. They maybe forgot. We only have 12,000 of you to keep up with. There was one Sunday, I'm not joking, we had as many kids in our kids department as we did adults. Because our entire church is just like, we're going to have as many kids as possible. And it's like, y'all have at it, dog. Two's enough for me. Like, have at it. Yes. Yeah. The greatest thing that you can do as a part of this community is you can stay committed to God. You can stay committed to each other. And listen, this last part is crucial. You have to stay committed to this city. In Acts chapter 2, we have made this famous for being an upper room passage. And this is an upper room and outer court passage. God took what was happening in the lives of individuals and he moved it out into the outer court. And when he moved it into the outer court, people began to encounter God, they began to get saved, they began to, they began to experience God's presence the same way they did in the upper room. This church is not just called to be an upper room church. It's called to be an outer court church too. What's happening in here has to go out there. Do you know how it gets out there? When you leave tonight. I get somebody on the keys. A lot of times this is what happens. We, I love moves of the Spirit. I love moves of the Spirit. But when the Spirit moves... It moves you towards something. It moves you to something. 
And most of the time, what happens in our charismatic circles that we're in, we bask in the moving of the Spirit and it never gets beyond our walls. We were singing that song earlier. It says, salvation floods the streets. What if that's just when saved people are walking down the road? What if that's you when you walk into work on Monday or Thursday? Today's not Sunday. What's happening here and in here has to get out there for the next leg of this race to be everything that it's supposed to be. You're gonna have to get real comfortable with it not just staying in here. It has to go beyond here. You have to get real comfortable with youth outreaches. You have to get real comfortable with people being invited to church that look totally different than you. Because what happens in here is supposed to get in here with us. And then the world is supposed to see how we're so settled in here when everything is going crazy out there, and that's the best form of evangelism to me. How do you have so much peace? How are you so joyful? Why are you happy? Let me give you a better one. Why do you honor our boss the way you do? Why do you never have any bad thing to say about our leadership at our work? It's because the Spirit has done something in me to make me view humans as humans. I realize they make mistakes too. I want you to stand to your feet with me tonight. In Acts chapter 2, the people who experience the outpouring of the Spirit, they change the world around them. They experience the Spirit of God move in a powerful way. And then God sent them into the city. When you have an encounter with the Spirit, in my experience, there is always a sending. You're going to be sent tonight. Some of you are going to go to restaurants tonight. Tip them big. Love on them well. I'm telling you, this church is going to continue. It's, it's something special now, but I'm telling you, you've not seen everything that you're going to see yet. You've not, you've not done everything that God's called you to do yet. Here's what I want us to do tonight. I actually text Pastor Josh about this. Um, before before I do this, I actually ask him if I could do this. This is what I want you to do. If you're here tonight and I said any of those things, if, if you are struggling just to burn in the secret place, if you are just lost your, your, your passion for the word of God, your hunger for the word of God, your hunger for worship, I want you to come down to the altar and I want you to receive prayer for the, the prayer team. You have prayer team. Yeah, from the prayer team. 
I just want you to begin to make your way on down in prayer team. You can come stand or wherever you go when you do that. If you just stay where you're at, we need to come down. And if not, this is what I want you to do. We're going to go into a time of worship and you can respond then too. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to look to your neighbor and I want you just on your road, just right next to you. I want you to get with maybe one or two people and I want you to begin to pray for this city. I want you to begin to pray for people that you see at work. I want you to begin to pray for lost people that you know in this city. I want you to begin to pray. Uh, and so you can just turn to them right now and I'm, I'm just gonna pray with us as we do that. But I just want you to begin to call out people's names in prayer. I want you to begin to call out people's spouses. I want you to begin to call out situations that you know that need to change. And so right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for the city. I pray for Panama City. Lord, I pray for these people in the room. I pray for these people, and I agree with these people right now for all the people that they're praying for, for all the people that they're asking God to heal, to save, and to set free. Lord, I just pray right now that there are people getting set free from complacency in this moment. There are people getting set free from apathy in this moment. Lord, I thank you for a fresh hunger and a fresh fire. Lord, I thank you for co-workers who are going to be saved. I thank you for, ch for more church services to come because they can't fit all the people in the building. Lord, make this church everything you've called it to be. Make these people everything that you've called it to be. Come on, just begin to pray in the Spirit right now. Father, make this church everything you've called it to be. Make these people everything that you've called them to be. Pastor Josh, I just hear the Lord saying that there's, there's more campuses to come. There's more campuses to come. There's dreams that you have in your heart, you and Miranda both have in your heart. And I just hear the Lord say, seek first the kingdom of God and everything that you ask for will be given to you. And so Father, we thank you right now for Pastor Josh and Miranda. We are thankful for their vision we are thankful for their vision. We are thankful for their heart. I just, I just hear the Lord saying, everything that you have in your heart, you're gonna see with your eyes. Everything that you have with your heart, you're gonna see with your eyes. All the vision that you have in here, you're gonna to begin to see it unfold right before your eyes. And, and I really hear the Lord say, it's gonna be in almost an effortless way. It's gonna be upon the yoke of Jesus, which is easy and is light.
Come on, can you just stretch your hands to Jesus all over the place? Can you give him some praise right now? Just begin to lift up a shout of praise for everything God's doing. Come on, you got more than that. Come on, lift up a shout of praise to Jesus. Yes, Lord. As we were in worship, I'm going to put the mic down after this, but I was actually telling Pastor Josh about a guy in our church that um, on a Sunday morning I got up and I was just sensing this in worship. On a Sunday morning I got up and I was just like, and I don't know who this is for in the room, but I feel like you've been praying about starting a business. And I just hear the Lord saying, do it. He walks outside, calls his boss, puts in his two-week notice, quits his job, starts a business, and he's set to profit $10 million next year. This happened last year. And I say that to build your faith, because if you're praying about starting something, if you're praying about something new, I just hear the Lord saying, do it. Do it. Come on, lift your hands one more time to Jesus. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for who you are, what you're doing. God, make this church a church that is committed to you, committed to each other, and committed to this city. Let this church run for the long haul. You're just getting warmed up, Jesus. You're just getting warmed up. And tonight, Lord, we thank you for that. In your name, amen. Give God some praise all over the place tonight. Come on, can y'all give Pastor Cole a hand? Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.